0: just some podcast media. The thoughts of opinions expressed on day pleasures are those of the host of the guest and do not represent
1: any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discussion. You have been warned. I came from the mud. There's. A- Calling out to me.
0: Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your hostess, Polly Ann Amazing. Tonight, have amazing couple talk to everybody about how cool this certain lifestyle is, and what they tell me is that they are all about demystifying sexuality and demystifying kink. And I'd love to introduce Lady Petra and Saffer. Please go ahead, tell me who you are. What's your What's going on today, guys? Yeah. Well, I'm Sapphire Master,
1: and mm-hmm. I'm Lady Petra's Dom. Lady Petra is my submissive masochist. We live together in a twenty-four-seven total power exchange. <laughs> you can ask about that if you're interested. And I, yeah. you know <laughs> how that goes—is there's no off, button. we don't, we don't play, we don't do role play, we don't seem, and then go back to regular life. Every part of our life, from you know getting up in the morning to making dinner to doing the podcast to
0: scening. It's all part of the whole scheme of being a 24-7 couple. So for you, Lady Petra, mm-hmm. tell me yeah. what does that, what what uh, Saffir Master just said, tell me how does that play into your life? Talk to me about that if that's all right with you, Saffir Master.
2: Sure. sure. <laughs> I'm a switch, so sometimes I still. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so for me, it was what I was always searching for without truly knowing. I know that when I was dating really young, um, because I got married kind of young, then I was in that for like 30 years. And so I kind of lost myself in that vanilla. It was, it was an emotionally, mentally abusive marriage too. So that was not cool. However, once kids come on board, you're in it for the long haul, you know? Right. And, but when I saw myself with a window of opportunity to get out, um, I had to really ask myself now at this new phase in my life, what do I want? And when I go way back to those beginning dating times, I always looked for, I was looking for a, <laughs> they were 20 year olds, so they're not really men yet, but um, men that um, would take charge, not domineering, but that's who I chose, but someone who would take charge and make some just, dis- Sure. you know, they knew what they wanted. When we went out, they didn't wishy wash and sit there in the car for an hour of, I don't know where I want to go. Um, they knew they had a plan. I was ready to engage with the plan. So um, looking for a dynamic that involves me 24 seven was ideal because I wanted it to be my life. It, it calls to me. You know, I, I know people write about this type of dynamic often with tasks that they have and, and the rules and the protocols. And, and I guess, I guess we have those if you tease it out, but for me, it's a way of living. I like serving the one I choose. I love that. It gives me great joy and satisfaction in my life. Uh, But then everybody else, I'm a switch. Um, and so for me, I get to come home and be from work, let's say, come home and be his submissive and bond with him that way. And when I leave, I get to go be in my switch.
3: I see.
0: Gotcha. And that makes total sense. You're living life just under a different name. That's all you're living the life that you chose. You woke up this morning and said, this is my life. This is how I choose to live. And I think a lot of people that I've had conversations with in the past really believe that the kink lifestyle or BDSM or, you know, anything that has a subdom relationship is something that is forced upon the submissive. I don't think that people truly understand that there are people out there that are interested in having somebody to give them that serenity and surrender, if you will. Um, I love to use that, that term, serenity or those terms, serenity and surrender. I just think that it's a beautiful way to explain just what you were talking about. You're talking about that's the lifestyle you chose to pick. That's what you wanted. And here you are living your best life. So in your switch life outside of that, do you find that you're craving to come back to the Dom submissive, or that's just a whole nother part that that's just you that's just part of you?
2: That's a good question um i I would prefer to be at home all the time
0: mm-hmm.
2: because that space is great, and while I'm with him as I would go to the market or do other things, my switchy switch will switch on, and I get enough of that as well as in our coaching programs that we run, I'm allowed to be the switch, you know. And I do all that stuff. And and so that's wonderful. But my career is very dominant. And um, I, I need to be dominant. I crave that. And so for me, uh, to not have that completely, I mean, I can't say I'm a submissive only. I'm not. Although I am to my one, he'll even say, I'm sure, there'll be dominant moments for me. Just, well, you know- just because it's natural in who I am.
1: our viewpoint or my viewpoint for her is that she gets to live her full self-expression as a sexual creature Mm -hmm. however that plays out but Mm -hmm. i'm not here to draw lines around what she can and can't how she can and can't express herself sexually that's not this 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 protein organization here (laughs) gets to have a say in that right right but i'm naturally who i am also and my self-expression is completely unconstrained for the first time in my life so the way I look at it is in my former life a lot of my sexuality was very constrained I, I didn't I couldn't talk to my then wife about the things I was fantasizing about because
0: it just you know grossed her out right you know? I understand that completely I've been in a monogamous relationship before that you know You're either like there's a possibility that you're being cheated on if you're not in a, uh, you know, in a polyamorous situation. And then at what point do you tell yourself it's okay to it's not cheating if you allow certain parts of your relationship to become open? That's um that's a that's a hard sell for some people. And I can hear that when you're talking about being married that is what we do. Um, it's possession. You're my possession at that point. You don't get to share yourself with other people,
3: right. but
0: in your um, current situation that you guys have both agreed on again, I loved how you called her, her, would you call her this protein? protein this protein mass organization. Over <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, because that's what we're all, we're yeah. all just a bunch of little pieces of protein floating around on a rock. Right. so right. everything is literally, not there. It is if you make it there. That's that's how that works. I think that's brilliant. Thank you for yeah. saying that. I'm going to what gonna... I told her when we met because
1: I got into kink. My marriage ended before hers did, about four or five years before hers did, and so wow. I got to explore kink the way I wanted to. I I made the choice to not have a relationship that wasn't completely sexually open, self expressed, sure, sure. and so so I thought, well, I'm going to take a deep dive into kink. And so I that that's what I was doing. So I had a little more context for it when I met her. Mm-hmm. And what I said to her is, "Look, I'm a stand for your freedom and your power and your full self expression." And while she didn't have a context for that, that sort of resonated with her to the point that she thought, "Okay, I'm going to look at you know what I'm up to in this space." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's how that's sort of how our conversation got started, you know. And over the course of time. She put herself forward to be claimed, which was a process. And over the course of time, I offered her a collar. And so she became my collared slut. And then we got recolored again last year. And now now we're just coming up on three years. And so, you know, it's been an amazing experience to live completely unconstrained as a sexual creature, completely. And and out of that, we both discovered something that was missing in our lives before, which was access to intimacy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so through kink and through being self-expressed and through being just completely open with each other about our sexuality, mm-hmm. we were able to create a space where we could actually offer each other real intimacy for the first time.
0: That's that's a brilliant. And and let me ask you, Saffir, how did you I know you were married before. How did you fall into kink? Because I'm guessing that that's not where you started. Most people don't just that's not their first sexual experience for the most part. Some it is. But, you know, how did you get into kink yourself? I had a couple of experiences when I was a
1: kid.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I grew up in South Africa and corporal punishment was common in schools. And there was an experience I had with a girl who sat in front of me, and she used to sit on my foot, and she got called out and ended up getting caned in front of the classroom. And that was a very arousing experience for me. And then I, I separately had a kink magazine when I was a kid that I got when I visited Berlin. Mm-hmm. And in this magazine were very particular kink stories mm-hmm. that I really like found myself like reading Imagining and fantasizing about for years. Mm -hmm. And then through the course of my marriage, I cheated on my wife because we weren't having much sex at all with kinksters. And so I started to have little kink experiences here and there Mm -hmm. that just had me realize, like, man, this is what I need. But like her, you know, I had kids and I stuck around to have my kids graduate high school and college. Mm -hmm. And then we were done. And then I thought, okay. So what's missing for me? And my first missing was, I just want sex that I enjoy, right? Like, that's what I want, you know? And so I started to explore kink. And I was having kinky sex with really interesting, submissive women. And there was still something missing, which was intimacy. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to find somebody who's looking for what I'm looking for, which is a lifestyle kink experience where sex is front and forward and kink is front and forward. And, and we can't build a relationship unless that's the result. Because I'm not doing what I just did
0: again, right? right. You know, I want the sex I want to have all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't want their cake right. and it too, right? And that's what you've done. You've made it so that there is no cheating if the definition of cheating is not that, right? Like you can have these open relationships with other people, but you're still intimate. that intimacy piece. That you have with Lady Petra, I think is, I, I, that's where the confusion starts for a lot of people is how in the world do you have that ability? But it can happen. That's what we derive pleasure from. That's what this is why I call this series. What is your pleasure? (laughs) What's your pleasure? Because a lot of, of, you know, there are so many people out there that have their own definitions of what pleasure is. And I'm really glad to. To hear your podcast number one, Kinky Cocktail Hour. Fantastic. There is, and and this is one of the things, listeners out there, that I want you to understand is there are a lot of different terminologies. There's a lot of different usages of different, you, you can call it what it is. You can, you can make up your own terms, but listen to what we're saying today and understand that we need to learn the definitions of all of the things that we're curious about so that we know so that we can make a judgment call on our own, not just say, Oh, I saw that magazine. It was scary. I can't imagine how they could, you know, tie people up or and and that's another thing. The misconception of you're keeping her collared, right? You're not keeping her on a leash and walking her to work. That's not what's happening. But I think that's a misconception for some people when you're saying you're living in that lifestyle twenty four seven. Yeah. Because They just don't understand the terminology. And so when you say collared, let's talk about that. Tell me about what happens when you get collared.
2: So um, there are people that walk to work on a leash. And that is people who are in 24 sevens. And that's the way they lead their lifestyle. Um, What happens is not that I necessarily want to be led to work on a leash, but I wouldn't mind it either. But you you still run into, even though we're 24-7 and I have my collar on when I'm in public. Um, when I go to work, I have a, a, a permanent collar on all the time on my ankle. Um, and so no one really knows what that is or cares. But my hard collar is really big steel collar. And I wear it on the weekends, like when we're home and I'm not going to work. It's on all the time. So I go to the store and I forget that I'm scaring people probably. Um so sometimes I put a scarf on and wrap it up. But the idea is collaring is no different in the sense of what happens in marriage when people give each other a ring. Right. It's just a collar on your finger versus on your neck. What I love about collaring, whereas um, marriage and, and let's just say weddings have a context because we both done them, um, there's a lot of social pressure on all what should happen, what needs to happen, the morality of everything. And what was fantastic about our coloring was that we, as two adults at this point in our life, chose what we wanted to do, what we thought was important in our ceremony. We didn't go look up in a book or talk to a Uh, efficient or something like that to find out how we should do it first do we need to read a poem first and do this we just created something that had meaning to us which was super powerful for me my coloring is way more powerful than my wedding ever was or my marriage for that matter
1: yeah it's a commitment you know it's a commitment but the question that you ask is a more interesting question which is what does it actually mean? And what it means is that we're connected. It means I own her; she's my property, mm-hmm. in the in the sort of kinky sense.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, she has agency. She can come and go as she pleases. She can, you know, she makes the cocktails that we have on the cocktail hour. She doesn't ask me what we're drinking. She tells me what we're drinking, right? <laughs> she <laughs> has she has permission. Uh, and 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 an invitation to that like, demand sex whenever she wants, yeah. right? I mean, that's not
0: a problem, right?
1: my point yeah. is that she's not a she's not a slave. You know, we examined the question of, is she a slave or is she a submissive? Mm-hmm. And you know, I value her agency.
3: Sure.
1: and she values her agency. And so there wasn't a a, a, a rational way to have her occur as a submissive outside of agency. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, okay, what's next for us, right? Mm-hmm. And the coloring experience for me really lives in the world of the deepest human connection I've ever had. Like know?
2: it's a big deal for us, the coloring. I, I know that, uh, and with no disrespect to any other couples that are color but there are a lot, quite a bit on fet life particularly, um, people that – they start to hook up and so now you're collared and, and it's a way of showing possession. You're, that is correct. Um, but it's more, I would construe that more as like a play caller or a role play caller, um, a collar of ownership, but to be collared and go through a collaring ceremony, that's like you're, you're committing your life to somebody. That's what
1: you just said. It's to be collared. It's, it's a way of being. Yes. Right? Yes.
2: Cause you're collared when the collar is not even on. And with my self being collared he's collared too right that's the power of the collar when we have to take the collar off because i'm going to go to work the next morning i get up at a god awful early morning so we have to do it at night mm-hmm. you know we both feel that pang of like oh and it's it, it's you know when i it was early in my marriage and you know thought the world was great I would take off my wedding ring, like to do something like bake bread and be like, oh, that feels weird. You know, it's the same kind of feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, it's a symbol of a deeper connection. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the fact that you're like the way that you're talking. I've had um, I had another friend on that does. um, He's a leather smith, actually. Royal creation leather, uh, my friend. So he talked about he does pup play and they have collars, they have, yeah. you know, the big locks and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's a whole nother realm of collaring, but it's not the same as what you're discussing. It right. is a relationship. And, you know, there may be three or four people in that relationship that are collared that they are. That's their their pack, you know that's who they are they are associated with so i just like to know like the definitions of what these things mean because they are they're interdependent with couples and you know like you were saying she is allowed to do what she wants to do you don't have you know constraints in that in that nature but some do and it's dependent on the couple it's dependent on or or however many people are in the relationship correct that's just how that works and i think that it's a um I think it's great that you, on your podcast, that you discuss these different types of kinks and the way that um, different people are, you know, involved in those kinks. Because again, how do you know if you don't ask? And some people are afraid to ask. And you know what happens sometimes when you ask questions, you might sound, you might think you like it. <laughs> And well, it might be you something you'd be interested in, right?
1: That's yeah, it. well that's a big part of our conversation. It's all about demystifying this world of sexuality, right? Because there's no right way to be. There's no right way to be. We talk to we talk to men who dress up as women and women who dress up as men, and we, we talk to, you know, women who dominate men and men who dominate women and men who are submissive to women and men who are submissive to, are submissive to each other and women who are submissive to each other and dominant over. I mean, there's just absolutely no right way to be and so rather than like impose our structure of morality or or you know what we consider normal on others we just like are curious like what can we learn from you that we can incorporate into our experience of sexuality and you know it's been really fascinating
2: well and that and that's the key we started this podcast um Basically, because after seeing on a daily basis, we would sit down together, have a cocktail and debrief. Mm -hmm. And we're both really big communicators. And over time, not too long into it, we said, God, that was a really great conversation. We should have recorded that, Mm -hmm. that for time's sake. Uh And then we just kind of said... Okay well, Let, on a whim. Let's just let's just do a podcast. And it started with like our iPhone, literally recording yeah. on our iPhone. And that was for a long time actually. We didn't get yeah. a microphone for a long time. And if if people we have a huge directory of over 400 something, 482 episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge directory. Um, but if you actually go to the beginning of the directory, you can trace our journey. And that's the key mm-hmm. I was trying to get to, is that this whole pod developed And I think we've become some type of information uh, providers in the kink community just by sheer volume and the time and the people we've interviewed. However, that was not our original intent. The intent was to record what we're discovering on our journey, that we wanted to have something to hang on to that was our journey. Because really, quite frankly, if I go back to some of those earlier pods, I'm a completely different person than I was then.
1: Yeah, you've evolved a lot. Now, yeah. so, you know, we ran out of content like pretty quickly because we, we had all these conversations and we thought well, we should ask other people what they're up to. So, and that's how it started, right?
0: Well, you know, now that I like, I have listened to several episodes, not all 400 by any by any stretch. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but I have listened to uh, quite a few and I'm very impressed with how you, your guests, you know, the explanations, the, the, um, The authenticity, let's just say it that way, the authenticity of the people who are involved. And so now that I know that that's there, when I have patients or clients or, you know, people who come to me for sexual advice and, you know, because they know I'll speak my mind and I'll I'll give them the honest truth, I'm going to send them to you because to listen to your show, because number one, you make great drinks on there. Number two, (laughs) the conversation's fabulous. And why not? Because in my lifetime, I believe that I have begun to, as I've gotten older, almost 50, who knew um, <laughs> it takes a little while, guys, you just don't grow up this way, uh, <laughs> like you're super lucky and you have really cool parents. Anyway, um, what I've, you know, what I think has happened for myself is I have become this more open being and ready to whatever information that I can discern and, and filter down to other people when they're asking me for help, I want to be able to provide that. And I want to surround myself with those like-minded folks who can make it easier to do this type of conversation, the demystifying, the um, ability to make something that people think is raunchy and dirty or terrible into something that's a beautiful relationship that you guys have been in now for how long, three years now, Well, you know, however long,
1: just about four years.
0: So there you go. So, and, and it cuts out the middleman of not knowing guessing wrong guesses, you know, those sorts of of negative behaviors that we get ourselves into based on things that we have no idea. What's what's great is
1: if you have a niche interest, Mm -hmm. you've probably done a podcast about it. I know. So you can probably like search our directory and find a really in depth (laughs) conversation about Mm -hmm. that. You know, like for example, I've never considered sploshing anything I'm interested in. But we talked to a splosher and we got, we had this really great conversation about Mm sploshing. And then it was the election coming up. Yeah, it was the election. (laughs) And Lady Petra decided she's going to splosh for this
0: get people to vote right oh okay so let's stop a second let's rewind let's just what's splashing for the audience Uh,
2: using food or liquids edible items and to and usually filling a bucket sometimes people do porridge sometimes people do grits and then they pour it over themselves Mm -hmm. there's something they find sexualized about that yeah now we
1: didn't have sex around splashing no we just used splashing as a way to encourage people to vote. Yeah. Right? But, you know, we would never have thought of that. Right. That would never have come up
3: for us. Right. Yeah. That's
0: interesting. That's very. See, those are the kinds of things. Again, no, there's not a whole lot of people out there that I'm sure I'm, I was familiar with that terminology just based on another show that I did. That's not something that I learned in school, kids. That's <laughs> it's just something, <laughs> something that I found later on. But that's the thing is, you know, Sploshing sounds dirty, right? It sounds yeah. intriguing, but really it's just people pouring Ooh. cream of wheat on you. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. There, there's actually products they make for splashing. I love it. I mean, like that's, um, that's really a fantastic thing, but see what you did with it. You turned it into something that you could make a positive out of and, uh, and also educate people on what the heck it is. I right. love it. I yeah. love it. The these are the, these are the things that make people such as yourselves, the kind of people that I would like to associate myself with so that I can do like, you know, like I can learn and we can get this message out to all other people so that you don't get looked at like, Oh, why are you so weird? Or, Ooh, why, why would you do that? Whenever it's not like what every other vanilla couple on the planet does. And again, out there, guys, if you're a vanilla couple, I'm not hating on you. I want everybody out there to find the pleasure that makes them have pleasure. That's what I'm here for. And let's keep talking about the podcast, if you don't okay. mind.
3: Sure.
0: Moving forward, all of, of all the interesting guests that you've had on your show, which one was the one for you that you were like, man, this is a great show. And I hope everybody on the planet listens. That, to it.
1: That's a great question because we have those conversations like three times a week.
2: Yeah. Right. Because we're insane. Because, because, we pod almost every day. Because and, you said it, yep. right?
1: People show up authentically. Yeah. They show up. They show up as their authentic self, mm-hmm. and they have a conversation from their heart. We've had mm-hmm. conversations. Like we had a conversation with uh, Tina's back, who's a sissy in the UK,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and out of that conversation, she made the choice. Like, out of the conversation, she made the choice to seek the kind of relationship she actually is aspiring to, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the conversation. We, that, the conversation that was one of my favorites was with Dan Savage. Mm-hmm. To hear his story and just the way he's interacted with the gay youth of this country and just the way he's been political. I really love that conversation. We have so many wonderful conversations. Well,
2: even just some conversations that are harder to get to, I think, quite frankly, on mainstream would be sex worker conversations with Plus, people who are in the industry and uh, living it every day. Whether it is, because we've, we've interviewed both kinds, whether it's uh, survival sex work or whether it's on the side. Right. Um, but the perspective of that and ha- being able to just speak frankly with people, mm-hmm. yeah. And that it's not the the othering that's over there. Well, right? We just had
1: a, a we just had a great conversation. We broke it into two episodes with. David Hunter, about consent, non-consent in relationship and in kink,
2: that was an incredible conversation, you know? Well, we got aware, and again, here we're having a a conversation about consent, non-consent, and we've kind of, in our own minds, had kind of boxed that away in a story called, oh, I want you to kidnap me and rape me or set that up or something, right? the the typical concept right Mm -hmm. and had never really put much thought into it and we're having this conversation and i have an epiphany and say oh wait a minute that's what i do all the time Yeah. because we have agreements Mm -hmm. and uh we have our limits we know each other's limits
1: and safe words
2: and safe words but because it's a power exchange I'm not the one predicting what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. It is Saffer's choice at that point, regardless of whether I'm all submissive or he has me top from the bottom or what have you, depending on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I, it really hit me like, huh, that makes me think about consent non-consent in a totally different way, as well as understanding that they're really, if you're talking about what's legal and safe, Mm -hmm. you know, something that's not called assault, right. Um, that there, you know it's a it's a it's a misnomer to say consent non consent because in order to have what you want to have done to you without your consent, there has to already have been consent. You right. have to have already had agreements, and that the um the rape fantasy, let's just say, for uh, common among women, um, mm-hmm. is something that they want to have consent. They don't want you to say, I'm just going to slice your wrists up and I'm going to do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. there's consent in there at some right. level based yeah. on the person's agreements with the other partner. That's yeah. the way to do it safely. And we, and it was interesting because I just had not really put a lot of thought into it because mm-hmm. I'm in my dynamic and I'm living my life in, with pleasure. And I was like, wow, I, I'm really cutting edge. I'm in <laughs> consent and I'm consent all the time.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a oxymoron, right? It's consent, non consent. There's always consent involved.
3: Always. Mm-hmm.
1: What people um who enjoy that kind of play are looking for is the rush of fear that is also a, a stimulus for a whole bunch of sexuality for a lot
3: of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you know, that whole um the fight or flight response that you're getting whenever you're the person who is being perpetrated on, let's just say <laughs> in that situation, um, you know, that really can be a, uh, a whole nother world of enjoyment and pleasure that you didn't know you could uh, get to, I guess. Um, but the consent, non-consent thing, that's very important. And, you know, like you were saying, safe words, if guys out there, if you don't know what the safe word talk means, what it means is that I may have consented that I want to have these pleasurable things done to me. And then in the middle, if I decide that maybe this is not what I thought it would be, I can use my safe word to safely say, I just want to stop right now. And if you have this wonderful dom sub relationship, like I think you guys are awesome. You're so sweet. I love this. <laughs> I think I'm so happy to have found you. Um, I think that. People really need to understand that if you have that kind of relationship that you are giving your power over to your dominant and they are your intimate partner as well. So they understand when you say, okay, but can we slow down a little bit? Can we change things up a little bit? Because that's how the power dynamic works.
1: Well, you know, we like to say we did the work, Mm -hmm. right?
3: Right.
1: So, so all kink dynamics require trust,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely require trust. And we don't get to trust like out of the gates. You've got to earn trust. Right
2: And communication. And, and
1: communication
2: is the source Key. of that. Key.
3: Yeah. And okay.
1: then we have a couple of agreements with each other. like one agreement we have is we don't allow space to occur between us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because it's inside of space that you start to develop stories and contempt. Mm-hmm. So we just don't allow space to occur. So if she feels space developing, it's her responsibility. To like confront it, right? And same with me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The second thing that we've agreed to is we're both a hundred percent responsible for the dynamic. Like I'm not more responsible than she is. Mm-hmm. It's not fifty-fifty.
3: Right. Because
1: if it's fifty-fifty, we're starting to keep tabs ah, and score, scores. Right? So right. we're so we're each a hundred percent responsible, which means anything that she sees or experiences or is brought to attention of that she thinks needs to occur, it's up to her to address it. Right. And it may be something that she talks to me about, but it may be something she just does. And I'm the same, right? So because of that, because our basic communication is sourced in agreements, and because our agreements are based on trust, and because trust comes from communication and from um, experience, you know, She has no worry when we go into a scene that I'm going to do anything because I'm actually responsible for her well-being.
2: Well, what key for me early on when we were, before claiming even, when he was explaining, because I didn't know what that was. (laughs) um, He said something that just resonated with me is I don't break my toys. And I was like, okay. I said, because these things sound extreme, but he's telling me he doesn't break his toys, so that gives me, for whatever reason, it resonated. I I thought to myself, I have the ability to give him my power now because I I, I have to be able to trust him in this kind of play, and if I and granted, there's people that you trust and they break it apart, that's fine, but at <laughs> least God, you know, then right? right? Um, for me, it was like okay. Actions speak a lot of words. I got to give him my power because he says he won't break me.
1: And 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 she had safe words also, even at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah,
2: even so, even so,
1: right? So so she had to choose to put herself forward into the dynamic.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It had to come from her. She couldn't be uh, persuaded or coerced. It had to be something she freely chose to put herself into. Because I'm a sadist. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do things to her that she actually has to want to have done yeah. because that's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> so so my frame is, you know, I'm not going to be a domineering kind of dom. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be enrolling. I'm going to enroll her in what we're up to. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to register into participation. And, and that's how this has gone, right? Mm-hmm. And so everything about our dynamic is like that, everything.
2: Well, and one thing I'll bring up too is, um there's often and i don't and i don't know if people are actually sharing authentically or they're sharing the story they think everybody wants to hear but in the dominant subworld, uh one people that are in dynamics not everyone but a few you read from time to time you know explain the protocol and that mm. oh she forgot to put the cream in at this time and there were oh, lashings or whatever Okay, and and maybe that's their agreement, and that's fine. If that's what gets them off, that's great. But one of the key things was, I remember the moment where we were playing with my masochism, like training me as a masochist, and I wasn't totally in touch with my masochism, wasn't a whole sure that that was it. I'm more competitive than anything, so I was like, I'm going to last just because I'm competitive, you know. And I remember... He was trying to work the uh, flogger in different ways. Well, was
1: trying to work out how to, you know, give her what she needed.
2: He, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, there just seemed that there was something off, like he was doing it fine. But I wasn't having the reaction that he said over time, I'll start to get. And then I, we sat down afterwards, had a cocktail.
1: <laughs> debriefed.
2: And <right>. debriefed. And <laughs> I said, I kind of like. I knew I could freely talk about it. I was kind of like crazy by him. Like, I feel like I have to say something and I don't want this to be offensive. And he goes, well, remember there's nothing because we, we agree that there's nothing ever wrong. There's just what's so. And sometimes what's so needs to be dealt with and sometimes it doesn't, but there's nothing really wrong. So we're not ever yeah. afraid to say something. It's not
1: rating in the house. Yeah. It's on the table.
2: You <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. it's wrong. Right. Yeah. So I said, you know... I just have to go back to my roots on masochism as an athlete. And I said, I kind of think like I'm hearing the music in the background and you're flogging me and it's, it's not even syncopated. I said, (laughs) and I go, I go, you know, like with the downbeat, like I said, I played an instrument. I'm, I'm waiting for that downbeat. And I, then I finally said, I just think you need to flog me with the music. And he, and I go now, and then of course I was like all about apologetic. But. I was all apologetic and like, <laughs> if that means we have to pick a different song or we need to speed the song up or to meet your rhythm, whatever. But I said, there's something about hearing and and not until much later did I find out I was an auralist. So I get off on sound like majorly. And yeah. so the, so the music's rushing in my ears, the sound of the flogger. And when they connected my whole world changed, but we wouldn't have known that without having a conversation that's where we're in the dynamic, but we're sharing freely to make the dynamic the best yeah, instead of taking these hierarchical roles and thinking I should just know my place and be only here. The reality is he gave me agency to speak my mind and it has dramatically changed yeah. our
0: dynamic. So yes. what you're saying, sorry to, to interrupt you, but no. just a moment. What you're saying is that you have a mutually respectful relationship to which both of you Take control when you need to. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, basically, we what I love we that. Believe,
2: we communicate. You know, oh my really, you know, what we crazy. believe is that
1: it's not like I'm superior and she's <laughs> inferior. Right. You know, we're equal. That's really not
2: what dom sub is anyway. Yeah. You know.
1: right. 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 Thank subs you for that. Yeah.
2: Those subs are powerful.
1: Yeah, we are we you know we we set the dynamic aside. Huh. To talk as equals when we have stuff to work out. I don't get to say, you just have to do it because I said you have to do it. Because you know? that's
2: domineering.
1: Yeah, that's not how this is. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, we take from the conversations that we have with people and we ask each other, how do we incorporate that into our dynamic? Mm-hmm. And we've done some amazing things. Like We've gotten into the space now where we had a conversation with... Um, I want to say mystic check about yes. Kundalini awakenings. Mm-hmm. And and then we started realizing like we're getting into energy spaces where energy we're just time. having like this amazing experience, almost out-of-body experience, you know? And yeah. we're having like this like mutual, like intense, prolonged, orgasmic experience. And this is something that wasn't available to us before. No. Right. <laughs>
0: That's what I love. The awakening part. That's the best. Whenever you, and you just said it, all of the components of this relationship that you've described to me over the last few minutes or so is everyone's dream relationship. I believe, honestly, it really can all
2: have it. Everybody can have
0: it. right? But the thing is, is people are afraid to ask questions or they have been told something in the past, or they saw something that disturbed them without asking the right questions. And how do you know to ask the right questions when you don't know anything about the topic? And I think it's more. And, I right.
1: think it's more profound than that. Even I think people live inside of the stories they tell about themselves, mm-hmm. and I think that their stories don't allow them to ask the questions because they won't look good or they won't feel like it's going to help them survive. So or there might be shame. There might be shame, right? So, so when I was in my marriage, I would, I was fantasizing about Kink. But my wife wasn't available for a conversation.
2: Not even just, I mean, not that you even have, because a lot of times people don't even act on their fantasies. But how erotic is it just to even share your fantasies with your partner, even if it doesn't even include them because they're not the right gender or it is something that you know for sure they're not into, but be able to be free to speak your truth. Mm
0: -hmm. That in
2: itself brings intimacy to a level that is profound.
0: Agreed. Agreed. You and guys- I think
2: I would say one more thing that, yeah, and we see this a lot with people that are asking us questions about the lifestyle and how did we get here. Um, you have to be responsible. You have like the hundred percent. It's hundred percent zero. I'm my own person. I'm a hundred percent responsible for this dynamic to work, regardless of what he does, yeah. because yeah. I create him in my actions every day. I create him newly. And then, likewise, he's the same for me. What I find is a lot of people want a quick fix. It's, it's no different than losing weight or uh, stopping smoking. They treat their relationships the same way. They want a quick fix. They want tips and tricks to get there versus the deep dive. This was over a year of training and conversations daily.
1: This is the source of our, this point.: This is the source of our coaching programs, right? Yeah, yeah. So we created a way to give people access to what we have mm-hmm. by inviting them to do the deep dive we did and and the way we do it is we we created a process of 90 days of inquiry where we send you a question we have you ask you know we ask you a bunch of questions and it's up to you to do the work you actually have to do the work right because I didn't get where I got by tips and tricks I got here by taking a deep dive into my motivations, anyway. a deep dive, right?
3: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and she got here when she took that same deep dive, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but what that does is it strips away the onion layers we create through the course of our life,
3: mm-hmm. through
1: the pain and suffering and relationship failures and disappointments and upsets that we keep sheltering ourselves inside of. Mm-hmm. We just strip all that away till what's left is who you really truly are and what you really truly want. And how do you really truly put yourself forward in a way to be in action, to get what you really truly want with your, you know, self.
2: Yeah. It's not about going on swipe, 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 Tinder or something like that to find your mate. People are like, how did you find each other? The idea was he had put himself, he was ahead of me. So he had already had the training and, and had, written a uh in his about on his fetlife profile his seeking post
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, literally i was going through thousands of people in my general area just looking you know if they had a dick pic now nope. they might have been a good person but that doesn't speak to me i'm a sapio demisexual there's you got to have more substance than that mm-hmm. and when i i started at the a's and i'm very anal so i went very methodically through and now i got tired and i got up to like D, I think and there's a lot of doms in D, of course. And oh, so I? then I was like, oh, geez, I'm going to go to the back of the alphabet and Z sucks and Y is not that great. And and finally, I got to S's, and luckily he was S-A and I read his seeking post mm-hmm. without looking at any of his pictures because he had a picture of his current sub at the time. I had, you know, no frame of reference. Just read the about, and I was go. I just stopped me in my tracks, and I was like, "No, that's a that that was written for me.
3: Like that
2: was written for me. Like to her, to me. Yeah. Like that can't. That's uncanny how it speaks to everything I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And I was moved, and then of course I got depressed because I read his whole profile and looked all his pictures and read his yeah. writings and was like. <laughs> yeah he's taken he's involved and then i was like but i can't unsee this i must reach out to him and with no intention of hook up or anything i was literally saying to him this is who i am i'm new to this community what you wrote sp- spoke to me deeply how do i find something like this how do i find this because I- yeah <laughs>
0: That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. You know, you were talking about you you didn't just wake up one day and you were there. I have a lot of like I teach Tibetan Buddhist Tantra and we teach um, non how to have a non ejaculatory orgasm that's my that's my go to whenever i hear these he conversations the he yeah.
3: has those all the time right <laughs>
0: and you know what you don't get those overnight unless you're a magical being which <laughs> i hope somebody out there is and i hope that, that you know i would wish that on anybody but um that's one of those conversations that i've had multiple times is hey um all the tips and tricks that i'm telling you right now don't mean anything you have to live it you have to practice it you have to Build up your abilities, and what you have done—it sounds like the same. You're building up these abilities, and now you're taking it. You're teaching other people. You're attracting wonderfully beautiful women, obviously, with your (laughs) writings. You did a great job there. (laughs) Way to go! (laughs) But (laughs) so, in in let's say five years from now, where do you see? The kinky cocktail hour or your instructional um, offerings. Where do you see that? What do you what What's going so, on in know, the next
3: five? Years?
0: Yeah,
1: COVID sort of got in the way
0: yeah.
1: of oh, everybody. Sure. <laughs>
3: and
1: our intention was to do kinky cocktail hour as a roadshow. Yeah, so we we could go into munches and kink communities and bars, bars and and just kind of like talk to kin. Like have our
2: listeners there.
1: Yeah, because it's actually a conversation, right? It's not. It's not a Q and A. It's a oh. conversation. So, mm-hmm. so that was our intention, and then to tie that into teaching our training program mm-hmm. into small groups, because workshops, it's because yeah. it's really a workshop situation, ideally. Yeah. So we couldn't do a workshop, so we did it online, but right. but that's the intention: is to go to Scotland and tour distilleries, yes, and do kinky cocktail hour recordings there and yes. coaching workshops there. That's the we
2: that, we have a couple uh, dominatrix people that have actual like big castles houses things like that yeah. they're like
0: yeah let's can we run a workshop you know? Gosh, you know what i mean hey you woke up this morning and this is your life right right Yeah. how amazing is that i don't think that there is a person out there that could argue any type of um argument about how terrible this is you know you're open you're honest you're you're a you're a couple who has decided together to go through this journey together and there's no line. There's no need for it. There's no need for any kind of, of treacherous hate or otherwise you guys have gotten it down. And I think that's beautiful. The fact that you say that you are both 100% responsible for the relationship is also something that makes my heart happy because so many times we allow our pleasure to be given to us or we lose our ability to give ourselves pleasure because we've so relied on somebody else to give it to us. And I think that um, that's, that's just not a place to go. You need to, you need to take time and, you know, be present in yourself. And that's something that I'm hearing over and over with your conversation is how present you are in the day and how you debrief. I I love the fact that you said that you have the debriefing because I think that's a, a huge part of what a lot of hetero, like heterosexual couples, are missing out on. I got home from work late. I'm tired. I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna take, have a drink, and I'm going to bed. I don't need to talk to you tonight. You know, that's not how a communicative and um, a wonderful relationship can start out. You just, you know, you get tired, and you guys were married. You understand that. You get tired of the same old thing over and over again. And even though this relationship has been ongoing for almost four years now, you have these moments of back and forth where you can do fun new things or you can you can teach new people things and teach people how to make wonderful cocktails at the same time. I'm, I'm down <laughs> for this. <laughs> well you know we we
1: we actually do a gratitude practice every day
2: yeah book in the day
1: we book in the day with gratitude and you know at the end of every day we literally are in bed together and we talk about just the the way we use the day up because this is it like there's no other it's like this is it yeah so we have to use this whole day up because we're not there's no other day that's coming like this is this is it so so we, we actually end the day with a gratitude practice. And, you know, I believe that gratitude is your access to happiness. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to her um, four years ago and you talk to her today and you ask her about where she was in happiness quotient, like her life is completely different as a result of just engaging in an authentic, loving, intimate, you know, kinky, sexual Gratitude-filled life.
2: It it really is. I mean, I was living in typical, you know, a contempt. uh want. When is this going to end? Scarcity. Yeah. uh Not appreciating truly. You know, you'd say it because it looks good to appreciate the stuff in your life that gives adds to your life, but uh you know, but not really getting it. And now it's like
1: now we literally stop at every single flower. Yeah. That we encounter? Take a picture. Take a picture. Because, because it's like
2: overwhelmed with the beauty in the world, yeah. and it's because we're happy,
0: yeah, it's right, and all the other stuff just falls away whenever you're where you need to be in the universe, and I truly am a um, I'm a believer in that, and you guys are amazing. but let me finish this off with. if you had to tell a uh, a, a person out there who's looking for more information on kink. Or how they could get in touch with you about your classes or your social media, anything like that.
3: Sure.
0: How can okay, they find so
1: you? The Kinky Cocktail Hours on all the podcast platforms. You can listen to that. You can email me at safformaster at gmail.com or ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Uh, uh,
2: LadyPetraPlayground.com is our website. So that's also a way to get to the coaching, to get to the cocktails, to get to the write ups, recipes. Yeah.
1: You can look for Lady Petra on Patreon, Lady Petra Playground on Patreon. Yep. If you want to support the podcast on Fat Life, I'm Saffron Master. She's Lady underscore Petra.
2: Yep. And we're like. Really- and I'm on all the other media, except Twitter lately, because Twitter has got me blocked for right You're now. But. The idea is if you uh visit uh LadyPetraPlayground.com, all my links are there. Yeah,
1: on Twitter I'm Sappur two. I am sappur i do not even know what it is. It's Sappho Master, but it's Master Two O Six Sappho, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Anyway, then, I mean we're we're available and open and, and you know, we answer questions. We get tons of people sending us messages about the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we have if you're interested, we have Um, the the, we call them reviews, but they're really just just pages and pages and pages of people telling us how this has moved them into some action of some sort. So it's really been fun.
0: Well, if you can imagine, I have a lot of people that reached out to me to be on the show or to talk about, you know, things that are pertinent in the world of sex and pleasure and that sort of thing. And you know, sometimes it's a hard sell for me. Um, I have to talk talk to the people first and, and get to know what's what's the story behind this? But after listening to your show, after having this wonderful conversation tonight, you will be my go-to kink (laughs) guys. I'm telling you, (laughs) Um, just because you're, you're open, you're honest, you have nothing to gain, but the education of others at this point, you know, it's not like we're not out there just uh, hammering away to get dates. I know a lot of, like when I do shows like this, the first thing that my colleagues say is, Oh, you get all these swinger type people and these BDSM people, and you must be dating like crazy. You know, I'm I'm just sitting over here, having... <laughs> but I really want to have people who I can like. I want the go to people. You are the go to couple when I talk about kink. So I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on the show and really honestly, you may see them again, uh, audience out there, (laughs) if I can talk them into it, that that's my, this might be a, a nice thing to have, you know, every now and again, just to remind people that there are more ways than just male, female normality guys out there. There are whatever you choose, however you choose to love, just do it with authenticity and, and with some respect. That's what we need in the world, right? We need some niceties on occasion. Not everybody hates everybody out there. It doesn't work that way. We're yes. all some good people. All right. Yeah. That's it. All right. Thanks for having and, us. Thank oh you. my gosh. Thank you for coming. And just a reminder, I am Pollyanna Amazing and I am on com. You can find me at Pleasures on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, well, Just Google my name, Pauline Amazing, you'll find me. Anyway, <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you for the education and the authenticity. I can't say it enough. You guys are amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and guys, don't forget, very pleasures. We're all about what's your pleasure this month. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Water's up to my chin
3: Won't stop fighting To the very end